0: Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today my guest is Greg Barnes, who will be speaking in his role as the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County. Greg Barnes, welcome back to WRGC 88.3 FM. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, I thought I would just throw it out there first. Greg, if you could tell me the most important argument to you for opposing this proposed consolidation charter? It is the lack of due diligence.
1: I know that all all parties aside are attempting to do what's best for this community. But with that said, the fact that there has been no comprehensive research to this argument, that all information has been anecdotal at best, opinion-based at best, Is really concerning because when you start adding the numbers, we are saying that the new system will basically have about $45 million a year to work with. So that's roughly $225 million over five years. And we're going to be giving that to a system that has not done its due diligence, has not done its comprehensive research. Now, one thing we do know is that Carl Vinson Institute can do that type of comprehensive research related to consolidation. But for whatever reason, it was not done for this effort. And I think that that's a little bit too much for this community to entrust in a document, in a system that has not done its due diligence. It must, it should prove that it's going to work. It should have already proved it,
0: not based on anecdotal opinions. When I hear you say that, I'm assuming that you're meaning that the pro-consolidation group should have gotten that document in place. Would they be able to get something like that? Is it realistic to expect a a, a group of some citizens, some elected officials working outside of the auspice of government to be able to do that? Well... Those
1: same citizens and the same officials was that were able to put this on a on the referendum. So I'm pretty sure if they can do that, they certainly could get the Carl Vincent Institute to do a, a comprehensive plan and research related to the consolidation effort. I mean, that's only reasonable when you start spending money. You spend money based on a plan. You don't spend money based on opinion. And so I, I do think that they have enough power. To get it on the ballot, I'm sure they could have used that power to uh, get more research done.
0: All right. And, of course, I've talked with members of the pro-unification groups, Mm -hmm. and they say that if the consolidated charter gets voted down this time, they will be back bringing this um, issue forward in the future. Mm -hmm. Would you yourself support the spending of our taxpayer dollars here in Millsville and in Ballin County, to get that study done? Uh-huh. Well,
1: the very first thing, I'm a little disappointed that they're already saying that they would uh, come back because the whole promotion was let them vote. That was the whole promotion. It wasn't to, uh, to push a system, as they said. Now they're saying they're they already planning on coming back if it doesn't pass. That's a little concerning uh, because that means you broke your word at the beginning. That means you had plans other than just let them vote. You know, and I'm a big uh, voter ambassador. So now we're going to vote. And if, if it passes or if it loses, you're already planning on bringing it back. And so... That's the first thing. Okay, go ahead.
0: Well, I myself, though, don't allow Daniel McDonald to speak for the pro-unification uh-huh. groups. And I think one of the other things that is important to note about this is there have been different groups working on different um, plans for this. And so, uh, although I may have heard from um, one person who says that we will be bringing it back, they okay. may not be the same group who said that we'll put it to a vote and let the people say. Okay.
1: Well, that's that's great. I, I mean, I think it'll be a disingenuous for this Consolidation effort, if failed, to come back the same way it came. So that's the first thing. As far as your, your original question, look, we're not opposed to the concept of consolidation, but you, the devil's in the details. We have to make sure that this is a number one, it's a good plan. Number two, it protects everyone in the community. Three, is there a return on the investment? Those types of questions should have an answer. So the concept of consolidation, I am open to. But House Bill 67, we need to vote down.
0: And on that note, can I ask you, are there any merits that you see to the concept of consolidation and how it could work in Baldwin County?
1: Well, there are some merits to consolidation. One of them is the consolidation of services, which should always be first anyway, working through our locally elected officials. So I can see merit in consolidation of services, but I'm open to any other type of consolidation. I haven't seen the research that will convince me. And remember, vote, the vote no portion of this argument is squarely founded on a document that's been around for 211 years. We have charters in place that have been tweaked, that have worked in the past. We, we've heard it. We know in the eighties, we were prosperous. I didn't hear anyone talk about consolidation then, but now because we don't like who's in office, then consolidation now becomes an option. So we have to make sure that it is for the best of the people moving away from a document that's been around for over 200 years.
0: Well, and I do want to say, though, the, um, when you bring up the consolidation of services, now that has been a conversation that does date back to the 80s. I, uh-huh. I know that there is a, a Carl Vinson study that talks and, and limits itself to the consolidation right. of services, but not going to the full consolidation of governments. Right.
1: Well, see, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are opportunities for consolidation that I think the general public will, will, could get behind. Uh, I think we started on the, in 1986, they started on the right path. You first start with, you know, consolidation of services. See how that works. If that fixes the system as they think it should, then we, we stay there and we continue to tweak it to make it better. But we, we jumped from consolidation of services to complete consolidation, particularly under this house bill 67 that I do not believe serves this community
0: well. We're going to take a short break at this moment. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Greg Barnes. He's the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County. We're talking about the consolidation issues, and we're especially talking um, to try to explore the arguments against the proposed charter that voters will be seeing at the polls on November 3rd. So please stay tuned for more Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we're talking consolidation with Greg Barnes, the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County. In that last segment, we talked about some of the main arguments against consolidation. In this segment, I'd like to move to some of the tenets of y'all's larger platform Mm -hmm. against this um, House Bill 67 Mm -hmm. or the Consolidation Charter, which people will be voting on in November. Tell me about your view of the process that has brought consolidation to the November ballot.
1: Well, we have been disturbed about how this process even started. We left out the elected officials. As a matter of fact, if this process was going to go forward, it should have been spearheaded by the local elected officials, not just participating. You know, I, I often hear the argument, well, they could have come to the table. Well, no, they should have been leading the lead person at the table and to usurp their authority on local issues. Number one, says a very bad precedent. And I just thought it got worse as it went forward. Number two, the process, related to experience. The people that Representative Kidd put on this board, what experience did they have of writing a charter? What are the resumes of those people related to charter writing? How did they come up with sections of the charter? Did they do research? What did they bring in an expert? All these things were behind closed doors. Now, often we hear, well, we had public hearings. Yes, at the public hearings, the only thing you, you heard was people in support of or against, but there was no nuanced writing of the document in public. So we need to know how this document even came about. Who was the sub chairperson for, for section eight, who, who thought of using plural at large voting? Why did you use it? Uh, Why did you put the referendum on November 2015 as opposed to November 2016 when most people vote? See, these types of things were done in the process, which has affected our perception of the charter. And if that would have been done better, or if it was spearheaded by our local elected officials, now we have recourse in uh to either approve it or disapprove it and deal with them for for bringing such a document uh to pass
0: and i can agree with you because it, it is fairly complicated how this charter came to be i was at the chamber of commerce's eggs and issues breakfast last week and of course walter reynolds one of his slides is the committee that wrote the charter and you see um, i think seven or eight people there Mm -hmm. but then again there's also another committee that has been referred to as as i believe the pew committee Mm -hmm. uh, led by jim pew and i know having followed the issue I can tell that the charter that is before us in November has benefited from the legislative lawyer team that would help draft a you know governing document like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. The difference between this charter that we have here now and the charter that was initially put forth um, a little bit over a year ago are night and day. You right. can definitely see the hand of um, lawyers who know exactly what needs to be in there, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that is um, – you know, very confusing. And well, let me,
1: can I add to that? Yes, well, please. Uh, also to that, where is the com- the Pew Committee? The fact that you had to put a picture of another committee and said that they, quote, unquote, helped, and you did not even have a, a picture of those who actually wrote the committee, who was appointed by Representative Kidd to write the committee. We haven't heard anything from them. They have not uh, made themselves available to the public to answer any question. So there's a lot of behind closed door instances here that really should be vetted before we we vote in November.
0: And I do want to go back to one point you made earlier, though, um, not having the elected officials at the forefront. Uh-huh. I, I think that there is you know, a face value argument that some people would say, well, you know, you see Walter Reynolds championing it from the city side. You see um, Henry Craig championing it from the commission side. Right. But I, that's not my, my issue. I, I do think that there should be some room for citizens who cannot gain the support of their elected officials to bring uh-huh. things forward. And um, in this instance, I, I think that... You're probably on the opposite side of that. But uh-huh. I would like to think, though, that in a different situation, you would mm-hmm. want to hold that um, sacred to each um, citizen in our community as well. Well, I, definitely. I mean,
1: I do not want to uh, take away from the empowerment of the co- community. That's definitely uh, not the, my my point. But my point is, once the community has empowered itself, it still has a order that must be followed. And I'm a former military. If we uh, use a metaphoric example of how something would come about in the military, this would be anarchy because you have something in place. Now, that community group who come forward with this, and then they are denied by the elected officials, they have recourse. They work hard and get those elected officials out of place, put in people who are pro-consolidationists, and you work it through the system. So, when, so what about next time? What about when, if it passes, then another committee comes up and says, well, we want to change it back. And you gave this group of concerned citizens access to the governor, give us access. Where does it stop? You know, there's a such thing the Bible calls decency and in an order. Everything must be done decency. And so I, I'm a firm believer of pushing the buttons of our elected officials. But you have to do it in the right order to make sure that you are not causing chaos. Make sure we, we don't get to a place like we are right now.
0: In asking that, I, I saw my error. Because you, you yourself are now leading a, a group of citizens who are banded together. Uh, to my knowledge, they are not any elected officials on y'all's group. This is a citizens group itself. Correct. Correct.
1: Correct. I mean, so definitely I want to empower the community. But we have to do things the right way in order... To, to get the right result and how this was done from its inception was wrong and seed time harvest whatever starts wrong is going to end wrong
0: we're gonna take another short break if you're just joining us we're talking with Greg Barnes he's the chairman of the committee opposing consolidation we're talking about the unification charter that is on the ballot, the November 3rd of this year so if you like what you're hearing, please stay tuned for more. We'll be right back with more on Matters and WRGC. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today I'm talking consolidation or con consolidation with Greg Barnes. He's the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County. Now, in that last break, we were discussing some of the things we talked about in the earlier segments. And um, I'd mentioned a comment that you had made about the many different reasons why people want consolidation, Mm -hmm. the many different reasons that people are opposing consolidation. But there's one that's a little bit under the surface and that Mm -hmm. there are groups within the community that want to see a change in leadership they haven't seen a full-scale change in the leadership, either the county or the city level. And so they see this as an opportunity to bring that change in leadership in. And you wanted to comment on that. Oh, yeah. The,
1: the new face phenomenon. When I hear people talking about uh, a new face, well, there's a couple of things. Number one, the face that we have has been very prosperous in the years before the, the Great Recession. It's been very prosperous. So the system... In itself is is not the problem it's the people that's fine but to to hear people talking about a new face well macon bibb county got a new face and in a new report they are named as the number one worst city to live in in the nation what report is that it's uh if you google it and you put macon bibb county worst city to live in it'll come up and so they have a new face So new faces do not always work. And I'm so sorry for people's frustration with those in office right now, but to talk about a new face, it's not necessarily the best reason to change because it doesn't necessarily always work out. We need comprehensive study to determine if consolidation is the best Direction for Baldwin County. We don't need opinions. We don't need new faces. We don't need any of those things. What we need is study. We need comprehensive study in many areas: social, economic, uh, business. We need it in all of these things, even before we even make a decision to go in that direction. As people say, I continue to hear the the pro side say, "Look at making Bibb County." Yeah, look at making Bibb County. They are considered the worst city in the nation after consolidation.
0: Well, we're going to look at that uh, during the break. I'm going to Google that phrase <laughs> that you gave us to to try to you know, get that out before we leave the show here. Okay. But I, another thing that you said in there, um, we need to decide this on certain factors for the community. Can you kind of flesh that statement out and say what were those? What are those factors that you would want this decision to be based on? You know, in a perfect world. Well. Number one, you know, it's all about the money, really.
1: This needs to be a financial decision, uh, a socio-political slash economic decision. But it it really comes down to how does this best help us financially? How does it make us more attractive to businesses? How does it make us more attractive in entrepreneurs? Uh, How does it give us more opportunity to create businesses in underserved communities? It really comes down to show me the money show me how this is going to affect us without impeding rights that we already have those types of answers need to happen before we can ever move forward
0: i myself i I take a little a pause with that because So much of the debate has been about the money. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of debate about the facts and figures that are thrown Mm -hmm. out on either side. I don't think that we could get both parties into a room and they would have too much agreement on the fact and dollar figures. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, and this is just Daniel McDonald talking, I would hope they would be about the efficacy, how effective our government is, because if we can move towards a more effective government mm-hmm. in the long term, I think that would do us better than any potential savings we could have in the short term. Now, I don't know that this will actually save us any money. Right. I don't know that it'll cost us any more money, right. but if we can have a more effective government, mm-hmm. either consolidated or mm-hmm. the way it is now, that is what I would hope that people would... Move to the ballot box on, and of course, I get called an idealist all the time. I'm in right. the um in an apt position to be an idealist. Well,
1: <laughs> let me let me let me comment on that. Uh, as a preacher, I say to, that that uh, Ecclesiastes says, um, "Money answereth all things." In other words, if you check the economics of something to see how efficient it is, you will know by how the money is spent. So, yes, I'm not disagreeing with whatever you said effectiveness is going to happen when you begin to plan as to how do we get from point A to point B effectiveness is going to be in that. Your question was in the absolute, what would I like to see? And I, and I'm telling you that when you begin to make a, a diverse economy and opportunities for all, no matter what the system is, you're going to, you're going to have my attention. Now you can't override people's civil rights and, if money is projected there's always going to be a great administrative trail that that shows efficiency so i still believe that we need to look at this thing first how does it affect economics how and how efficient
0: will money be spent right well should money be the only thing though um because i know that there is a a train of thought that And this, of course, is a pro consolidation train of thought Mm -hmm. that uh, one of the reasons that we are in the mess we are right now where Mm -hmm. we have a historic high unemployment rate that we've Mm -hmm. never seen throughout the history of this community is that we were so well taken care of with Central State Hospital, Mm -hmm. with the prison systems. Back when there was that mix and we had the colleges on top of that, you right. know, there was not want for much in Baldwin County. We weren't rich, but mm-hmm. we weren't struggling at, mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. And that general welfare mm-hmm. allowed us to miss out on opportunities and find ourselves in the situation where we are now, where there really was no plan B for the closing of Central State Hospital. Well, and
1: I, I think you're making my point because that's still in the efficacy uh, and the effectiveness and, mm-hmm. and efficiency of a system. It wasn't the system that was bad. It's just that the people within the system did not do their job. Now, you you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. If the system was successful, it can still be successful. When it was very successful, I didn't hear anyone talk about consolidation then. Now, because it's not being successful, quote unquote, you wanna say, well, it's now it's the system. Well, you, you can't have it both ways. If the system worked and you want to talk about how uh, prosperous we used to be, then you can't now use that same system as, oh, it, it was flawed. No, either it's either or. So it shouldn't necessarily be just about money, but it should be about an efficient system which will create money. And if you move away from that system that we know already creates money, it might be void of the right people in it, but we know it does create money. Then you must prove that the system you want us to move to has, has the ability to short term and long term make money. That has not been done.
0: We're about to, out of time in this segment, we're going to take another short break. You're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm talking with Greg Barnes, who's the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County. We'll be right back about this incredibly important topic, which will be on our ballot November 3rd. Thank you for staying tuned to Georgia College Connections on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today we're talking about consolidation, and we're talking about it from the con consolidation side. We're talking with Greg Barnes, who is the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County. Now, as we went into that last break, we said we were going to try to find out a little bit more about this ranking of Macon as one of the worst cities to live in. And we were able to go... um, to Google just that, uh, making worst city to live in, and we found that the website Road Snacks um, has named making the top of its ten worst places to live list. And now, it is on the internet. Uh, take it for what it is. It does seem that they analyzed 250 municipalities across the country on you know some serious data such as population density, unemployment income, education, and crime. So this is not um, something where they just pulled something out of the thin air. I I will say that, you know, again, it should be taken with a grain of salt. As Road Snacks itself says, their mission is we try to paint a picture of what's happening in a region based on, quote, Friday night science, unquote, how you'd argue at a bar. Now, they do say that they gather data around the web to help them determine a wide array of factors about safety, desirability, and culture. But it did, as Greg said, made huge waves in making, as it would here, um, getting that kind of name, worst place to live in.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I can argue we're using Friday Night Science to argue consolidation because, I mean, it's the same anecdotal process you know and that's the part of this that you have to be careful with because anecdotal information is a double-edged sword so if you're going to tell me keep looking at making I'm going to look at making and all the information coming out of making is not so good and before we start going in a direction like making we should have done our research so that's why we use that
0: all right. And I do want to take um, an argument from one of your own committee members. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, right. in, in this situation, we, we I think we can do best to remember that we have to gather as much evidence as we possibly can, use our voices educatedly at the ballot box, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then prepare for what comes afterwards, whether we go pro or con. Well, we, mm-hmm. we're going to have to do
1: that. And I guess one of the things um, that we are sticklers for is, the work beforehand the due diligence to make sure that the community is has been given all the information related to arguments is it analytical or is it anecdotal is it based on experts or is it based on community members and i just don't believe we've done that you know i'm really pushing that that i do not believe we've done that due diligence to truly give us an idea, an opportunity to uh, move forward, we need it. We we might not know where we're going, but we definitely need a roadmap. And to to have a roadmap, you must do your due diligence to create it. And it's just not done.
0: Let's stay on that for a second. Of course, one of the arguments that the Committee Opposing Consolidation is making is that the arguments for are built up on some false statements, false arguments. Could you talk about um, are there specific arguments that you find to be false? Mm -hmm. Are are there any specific arguments that have been made that you know to be false and have the evidence to refute what's being said on the pro side?
1: With due respect to those who are supporting this document, I think a lot of smoke and mirrors. I'll give you one from voting rights. Now the statement is countywide voting as opposed to at-large voting. And that came to be at the exit issues that we talked about. I've never heard that. Even though they are the same, why did you move away from at-large voting? It seems to misrepresent what the document says. The document does not say countywide. It says at-large the mayor and the vice mayor shall be appointed um, by at-large voting. So then you have to look at the history of at-large voting, plural at-large voting, to understand its potential impact to this community. It's interesting that uh, for months we've been hearing that the Carl Vinson Institute told us that we would save $5.2 million through attrition. Well, come to find out, the Carl Vincent Institute didn't say it, so these types of n- not necessarily lies, but misrepresentation of the truth, not necessarily telling us everything, is very concerning. Particularly because of the weight of what's going to happen if this document is approved, you know. So things of that nature, and I mean, if I had my nose, we could do a lot more. But I just want to, I really just want to come from the heart. These are things that are really concern us.
0: Right, and could you go back to this debate about at-large voting, countywide mm-hmm. voting, and kind of the historical underpinnings of why this is such a great concern to you?
1: Okay, to really understand it, you have to go back to your uh, last question. Also, the use of the um, when we talk about the proportionate districts of being quote unquote five five districts, three white quote unquote two black.
0: And, and then, I do want to say that that's in contention too. There are people who say that that was what um, those district lines were uh, created to mm-hmm. put forth there I, I believe Rusty Kidd would say that that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is under contention too. be Frank with, you, I have no problem with the districting. I, I've mm-hmm. never we've never
1: even brought up the districting portion of it. It's the plural at large voting on top of the districting. that's the problem because, Uh, In Baldwin County, it's already been proven starting in 1984, some citizens sued Millersville-Baldwin County because of plural at-large voting. And I think Reagan was in in office at the time. The the Department of Justice got involved and they came to a consent decree. In other words, they came to agreement that Millersville-Baldwin County would no longer use plural at-large voting as a part of its system. Well, a couple of years ago, I think a year ago, the Supreme Court stopped using Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, where preclearance was necessary in Southern communities like ours. After that happened, you begin to see Southern communities start trying to move back towards plural at-large voting. So if the problem is maybe not the districting, it is the use of the plural at-large voting. Well, what would that do? It's already been proven in Baldwin County that uh, blacks will not, does not win at large seats in the county. Now, notice what I said. I didn't say in the city. I said in the county. Now, so that means there's a high probability we're going to have two whites in at large positions plus three whites on the commission. Then you have two blacks, a total of seven. But you only need four uh, votes to, to pass any amendments. So that means you have five whites on the bu- uh, and, and you only need four. That gives too much room for behind closed door meetings to decide what we're going to do and then come to the meeting and make it official. It dramatically decreases the efficacy of any minority representation in Baldwin County. The only thing you can do is holler and curse. I mean, because you have no power to make any changes as long as the system is set up as it is. And my problem is, why would we go back to a system that uses plural at-large voting? Why would we even think about such a thing when we already have, it's already been proven in Baldwin County that it does not work, that it disfranchises many voters in Baldwin County?
0: And I want to go to what I I myself consider to be a sad reality. Uh And it, it sounds to me that you're afraid that the racial makeup of that district be it the whole countywide mm-hmm. district um, or a, a single district will determine whether or not a white person or a black person could win there
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure if I have a question there I just uh, that's the, an observation I, I, to, I wanted I to, to break up uh, bring up because I think that that you know is so much of uh, or it lends a flavor of so much of the contention about this issue.
1: And and, I, and strangely enough, I'm going to say no. I'm mm-hmm. going to say no. I'm, I'm not as concerned about it as many people think. But my problem is when you are a leader, your goal is to be fair. Your goal is to look at things that others will not look at, stand for things that others will not stand for. And if you have an opportunity to create a system that is fairer than what we have, then you have a responsibility to do it. It's not necessarily a fear that there's going to be a five whites too. It's the fact that, listen, because this wasn't taken into our thinking, it lends itself to this, which makes it, it the problem. It still goes back to my point that there was no forethought in the drafting of this document. See, for me, it's about how do we make sure every person in Baldwin County feels as if they are represented? That's what it's about for me. And when you begin to say, well, uh, we're going to have these uh, at-large positions, that lets me know you didn't do your du- due diligence to make sure every person will feel that sense of I was heard. That's that's the part of it. It's uh, where well, much is given, much is expected. I think leaders should be held to a higher standard to make sure to think about things people, other people shouldn't have to think about. And this wasn't done in this document. That's that's my biggest concern when it relates to voting rights. We've been down this road, and it it should we knew it was a dead end. Then why would we reopen that road?
0: We're gonna take another short break right now. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Greg Barnes. He's the chairman of the committee opposing consolidation in Millageville, Baldwin County, and we are talking about the issue of consolidation, which. Voters in both Milledgeville and Baldwin County will be asked to vote on November 3rd. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about consolidation and the arguments against the charter that will be presented on the ballot, November 3rd. We're talking with the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Millettville-Baldwin County, Greg Barnes. We've talked about a lot of different perspectives on this charter. And um, I just wanted to offer you this opportunity to kind of round up all the things we've talked about and Mm -hmm. make one final um, argument to our audience members on this show.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, again, I think... All of us love Baldwin County and love the people in it. Uh, I think diversity is here. The ability to grow and to be a better community is here. I think I, I'm not a, a, a fearful of change, but I do believe that change should happen based on information, based on correct information, comprehensive information, things that we can create a road map. We might not see where we're going, but the map should let us know where we're going. And my biggest concern with this document is we'll be flying by the seat of our pants. And I don't believe that we should do that with the future of our uh, community at stake. So I'm just asking all people to just ask a couple of questions. Number one, just where are you getting your information? Not only ask the committee opposing consolidation, but ask the committee supporting consolidation. Is it analytical? Is it anecdotal? How are we coming by with information? And if you do that, I believe you will come to the conclusion not for the concept of consolidation. Let's keep that. I I believe that we need to continue a conversation related to consolidation, but House Bill 67 is just not the right way for this community to go at this time. Not because of one type of person, it is because it will not support and protect and grow this community. And ultimately, that's the most important thing. Will this community be better for it? And I don't believe it will be based on information. I'm still standing on a document that's been around over 200 years And I don't think we should just fly by night, remove ourselves from those documents to go to a document that has not been vetted. So I just ask you to just keep an open mind and ask the hard questions, not just to us, but the other side. And if you're on the fence, vote no. And let's go back to the drawing board. Thank you.
0: Now, how can people learn more about the Committee Opposing Consolidation? What contact information is there and what opportunities are there for that?
1: Well, the, um, you can go to the website for the Vote No Consolidation and get more information, more specifics as to why we are opposing this document, www.VoteNoConsolidation.com. You can also email me at VoteNoMBCConsolidation at gmail.com. Uh, you can Facebook us at Vote No Consolidation. Those ways you will get a plethora of information to make an informed decision.
0: Well, Greg Barnes, thank you very much for coming to Municipal Matters and um, sharing your part in this great consolidation debate that is ongoing in our community. Thank you for having me. My pleasure has been mine. You've been listening to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald, and we've been talking with Greg Barnes, the chairman of the Committee Opposing Consolidation in Milledgeville and Baldwin County, about the con consolidation side of this ongoing conversation. Thank you for listening to Milledgeville Matters. We look forward to convening with you next time.